This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hey there, cat lovers. Welcome to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat. I'm your host, Dr. Katherine Prim, and I'm a small animal veterinarian and cat lover. Today, I have a guest that I think really needs to be talked to because all of us search internet searches and Google searches for our cat information and to find out how to better care for our cat or when our cat is sick. And so, Eric Garcia who is the founder of Simply Done IT Solutions and also helps me with my website and my social media marketing, is going to guide us today through the kind of scary and daunting maze of internet surfing for pet information. So we'll be right back with Eric Garcia right after these messages. You know what I love? I love my cat. My cat Scamper has discriminating taste. He doesn't like just anybody. So when he acts like he loves me, it makes me feel good, like like somehow I made the cut. But you know what I don't love? Cleaning up Scamper's litter box. Which is why Arm & Hammer created new cloud control litter. There's no cloud of nasties when I scoop. It's 100% dust-free, free from heavy perfumes, and it helps reduce airborne dander when I scoop. So what happens in the litter stays in the litter. New Cloud Control Cat Litter by Arm & Hammer. More power to you. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat on Pet Life Radio. So today I have Eric Garcia, and Eric is an internet guru, as I mentioned, and he helps me manage my own information that I put out there to help people know how to best care for their pets. Welcome, Eric. Hi, Dr. Prem. I'm really happy to be with you today. So you're my internet guru, and I want to talk a little bit about just the sort of scary and daunting amount of information that's out there on the internet, and how do my my listeners find good information? Where do you think is a good place to start? Yeah, absolutely. So I think you're going to hear me often say this, but referring back to your own veterinarian um, who has great information about your pet and uh, history of your own pet. And I think in order to be able to provide you with accurate advice that at the end of the day, Dr. Prim is going to ultimately be in the better interest of your pet is to to contact your veterinarian. Uh, I think the issue is, is that on the internet for Every true expert that we have, I think we'll find probably a hundred non-experts to counter an individual point. And so you're right. The Internet is absolutely scary. And there's some terrifying, terrifying advice that's being given that, unfortunately, pet owners are, are adhering to and causing more harm than good for their pets. Well, I certainly agree with you. And I think we cannot expect our pet owning public to not go to the internet because everyone's got a smartphone and most people have a computer or a tablet. So so what you're saying, and I completely agree, is if you go to the veterinarian and you get a diagnosis or you get some information, it's fine to try to gain more information because knowledge is power and makes you a better pet owner. But, but maybe just sort of ask your veterinarian to have 
keywords maybe, or what is the name of the diagnosis? Eric, would you agree with that? I do. And I, I would encourage you to ask your veterinarian where it is that they would want you to go to to seek advice on how to better care for their pet or how to better learn about a certain illness. Your own veterinarian might have great information on their website, great links to pro-veterinary resources. Most veterinary practices now even have an app for their clients. And that app is loaded with information on a variety of illnesses and things to look out for in terms of continuing to care for your pet, but also preventive medicine, things that you can do on a routine basis to ensure that your pet is healthy. And so often going to the information that they provide is probably more exact, more full of actual experts than some of the information that people are going to find. Um, And they'll send you to places like the American Veterinary Medical Association that has just tremendous amounts of great information on how to better care for pets or a website called catfriendly.com, which is loaded with information about cats and how to better care for cats and how to manage certain diseases and symptoms. And that website is run by an organization called the American Association of Feline Practitioners that are made up of a group of veterinarians that have dedicated their career to focusing just on the feline species. So I think that, you know, asking your veterinarian where it is that they would recommend that you go to to access good information, you'll be surprised at at the long list of places that they can uh, refer you to. So part of my goal with this show is to make sure that the listeners have good information. So I bring in special guests. And so I think that Pet Life Radio is an excellent resource for that kind of thing. But I want to have some parameters for my listeners to to look for to know whether or not the information is valid, like things like maybe who wrote the article they're looking at or that kind of thing. Can you have any advice on that? Yeah, so I have a few things to say along these lines because it is hard to distinguish the good from the bad uh, on the internet. So the obvious answer for me would be, you know, if you find something that you read that think that you think has some validity to it that you feel your pet can truly benefit from, you know, bring that to your veterinary practice. I would encourage you to call your veterinarian and have that conversation with a veterinary professional. Let them know about the article that you've read. Let them know about the solutions or advice that's being given and have an open and honest conversation with them. And uh, again, looking at content on the internet that's endorsed by the greater veterinary community, making sure that there are studies or people with uh, credible credentials, uh, again, like being a veterinarian or being a certified veterinary technician that are in a place to be able to provide good advice. Because the issue is, is that there's just tons of rogue content out there. And a lot of the information that's being given to pet owners are from people that have positioned themselves as pet experts. But when you actually look at credentials, when you read their biography, when you look to learn more about who they are, and I highly encourage that you do, oftentimes these aren't people that have gone to school for veterinary medicine or have any type of educational background to be able to be providing the advice that they're given. And so if we're taking advice from anyone willy-nilly on the internet, we're going to find ourselves um, causing more harm to our own pets. Um, I'll give you an example. There's, uh, this is kind of a sad example, but there's a, a website out there and it ranks pretty highly when cat owners are looking for advice on how to better care for their cats. 
And this person has positioned themselves as a feline expert, but they have no true credentials to be providing the advice that they're giving. And, and Dr. Prim, it's not superficial, you know, here's how to litter box train your, your kitten or your cat. It is very detailed information. One of the bits of information that she has on her site is the fact that if you feel like your cat is dehydrated, and she gives what she believes symptoms of dehydration in cats and, and kittens looks like, she actually provides a link for people to be able to go to, to acquire a, a syringe, uh, an IV fluid set, and IV fluids without a prescription, which by the way is from an unauthorized resource. So what you're actually buying in, in what you think is fluids are probably not. And she actually provides images on how to give IV fluids to your kitten. And, and I'm, I mean, I'm disturbed, but I'm sure you as a veterinarian are probably even more dis so disturbed because that could actually cause tremendous harm to your cat. And, and not to mention the example that she's using through her images are, are of an actual kitten. So, you know, a critical life stage. And what you're doing is you're, you're not treating an illness. You're not treating the greater problem. And so that's why it's important to vet the sources that you're looking at. Uh, again, looking at resources that have been provided by your veterinarian are extremely important. Many colleges of veterinary medicine have great resources and pet owner content. So this way we can actually have a content that's coming from a, a credible resource. But I mean, really and truly, Dr. Prem, the only way to know if the information is valid is if it didn't come from your veterinarian or your veterinarian doesn't endorse it, then I would highly, I would highly caution any pet owner when reading any information. Well, I agree. IV fluids are, are very terrifying. And it, if you don't know what you're doing, you can kill a pet with mm -hmm. poorly administered fluids. And so even though they may make it look really easy and, and make it seem really not scary, the side effects of that will be pretty devastating if something goes wrong. So, you know, we talk about it in the industry. You can teach anybody to do some of these procedures that we do, but unless you've gone to vet school, you won't know what to do if something goes wrong. And that's when it gets kind of devastating. I'm sad to hear that, that you found that out there, Eric. That's very scary. Yeah. And, you know, I think from the pet owner perspective, I get why it is that why someone would seek this information. I think oftentimes any pet owners or any person who's doing research about something online, we often seek the Internet to to save time and money. Right. If I could get advice from someone that's willing to offer it online, then maybe I don't have to spend money going to a veterinarian or maybe I don't have to spend the time if money is not an issue doing that. If I could just try to do something at home. But Dr. Prim, I think that the, the reality is, is that oftentimes we end up doing the exact opposite. We end up spending more time because then we're seeking a care for our pet when it's any disease or illness has become more complicated. And we end up spending more money than if we would have, have just had that open, honest conversation from our veterinarian to even see if it's something that they agree with or not. So it, it is extremely scary, and I get the points behind why people would do it, but the stories are just are horrifying and heartbreaking, honestly. I agree, and it's harder to fix a problem botched and gone wrong than it than it is to address it correctly the first time. So that is a very valid point. So we're going to take a, a quick break and come back with Eric to talk a little bit more about ways to stay safe, ways to keep your own personal information safe, and a little bit about social media too. So we'll be right back. Molly, here's your dinner. <laughs> Zeus, that's not your food. 
Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat on Pet Life Radio. And we're continuing our conversation with Eric Garcia, my own internet guru. And he's going to continue to advise us on ways to stay safe and to keep our pets safe when we're seeking veterinary or medical information on the internet. So what about our own personal internet security when we're surfing or going to sites? Eric, do you have any thoughts or advice on that? Yeah, so there's a lot to unpack here, but I'll try to simplify it in the best way that I can and at least give your listeners something to consider, something to look out for. So when we talk about internet security, we can talk about kind of the giant in the room here, um, and that being Facebook. You know, Facebook has been uh, in trouble for gathering a ton of information about who we are. Um, And the way they do this and the way they determine who we are is based off of the activity that we engage with on social media. So if we're engaging with, you know, tons of pet related content, if we're engaging with a certain kind of business, everything that we like, comment, share, and even if we're just those kind of people who use social media more to read things and to actually engage, you know, even those clicks, that's all being tracked. And Facebook being the free service that it is has to make money in some way. And the way that they make money is by selling the data of our own individual activity. And they use that data to be able to sell it to people to learn more about who we are and to create ads uh, targeting us based off of the behaviors that we engage with. We know that this has become, you know, this is very clear in Facebook's terms and conditions. You know, I think I probably speak for a majority of us when we say that when we sign up for a free service that we never read the terms and conditions. And we're often offering this information up as a part of that in exchange for the free service. But this came to light when Mark Zuckerberg had actually testified before Congress about some ways that Facebook was using that during the uh, heated political season. And so it's important for, I think, individuals to understand how that information is being used. Uh, And I use Facebook as an example, but Google is no different. You know, anytime that we interact with our Google home, uh, anytime that we Google anything on the Internet, all of this information becomes a part of our profile that it is then sold legally. Um, I think people get upset thinking that it doesn't happen legally. It happens legally. And uh, and so the one thing I, I would probably recommend for your listeners to be aware about is one that 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 is actually happening. And if you're not comfortable with that, you know, either you can do one of two things. You can, of course, share your comments and your feedback to organizations like Facebook. I know that you think your voice probably is very small, but together as a community, we can actually make change. And if a lot of people are talking about this, there will be change that is made. You know, Facebook's listening. They're making changes to the way that they access this data and resell it. 
um, and they're limiting some of the access to what people have. So I think they do listen. But if you're not completely comfortable with it at the end of the day, then honestly, the best thing to say is to, to ignore it, which I think many people won't do. But within Facebook, within Google, you have a privacy settings that you can go to. So if you log into any of your accounts, you go to your settings, you click on privacy, there's often information about about what's being collected about you and you have some control over what information you want to make accessible and, and those that you don't. Within Facebook, people don't realize that if you complete a quiz online, which many people end up doing, or anytime that you engage with a certain kind of posting, and in order to proceed with what it is that you're trying to move forward with, Facebook asks you, do you want to give this page access to your Facebook profile? And oftentimes people say yes very quickly. What you're doing when you give individual providers access to your account is you're giving them access to all of that behavior. So within Facebook, you can limit who has access to that by going into your security and login settings and scrolling to a section called authorized logins. And you'll be able to see all of the organizations, all of the businesses that you've allowed access to, to have access to your Facebook page. And you can disable the ones that uh, ultimately you're not comfortable with there. But I, I think when it comes to internet security, I think that is the, the most important thing to be paying attention to right now is how this information about who we are is being used and ultimately what control you have over that. So I think that's awesome. And that's an excellent point that you're making. I believe that people forget they get so wrapped up and this is free and this is fun that <laughs> they forget that the Internet is a big marketplace mm. and your information and your data and whether or not you have a cat or if you have a dog or if you are shopping for a new car, that is all valuable information to the marketers involved in internet. So if you're doing those things, be aware that that's what the, the businesses want. That's where the money comes from. So here's something that is close to my heart that I want to hear your take on. What about clickbait when it comes to animals? Can you explain a little bit about clickbait or panic headlines and the pitfalls of that? <laughs> Absolutely. So it is all the rage online, right? Clickbait, the intention behind it, for people that may or may not understand, the intention behind clickbait, where essentially what you're doing is you're taking a sentence or two that is the sole intent is to instill some sort of panic or fear in you, making you want to click on whatever the article is that is being teased using this headline. The reason that many people on social media, many companies, many Facebook pages utilize clickbait is that essentially what happens is the more that you click on something from an individual profile, whether it's a person or a business on social media, what Facebook does is they reward that business or that person with more visibility for that post. And they also tend to show you more content that comes from that person because when you click on those postings, what you're showing Facebook is that you are indeed interested in what that person, business or company has to say. So they're going to show you more content that comes from them. But, but what happens is, is these panic headlines, these postings that were once meant to get clicks and still do get clicks, ultimately people are making dramatic decisions by only reading the one or two sentences that is part of that posting 
and they're making decisions based off of those one or two sentences instead of actually clicking on the article, reading the article, which if you find out most of the time, the thing that they were trying to scare you about isn't really all that scary once you read the article, which most people aren't doing. And what's happening is people are making decisions based off of these one or two sentence headlines, you know, seeing something about some sort of panic headline about, say, for example, you know, feeding your pets a certain product because it's going to guarantee an extended life expectancy. What you might end up doing is feeding your pet X product or X supplement because you read the one or two sentence panic headline, because if you're not giving this to your pet, your pet's not going to live a long life. And, uh, and you're going and, and without actually reading the information that's associated with that is you're making a decision about the care of your pets based off of that. So I, what I tell people when it comes to panic headlines is, uh, especially when it comes to, to veterinary care or pet care is, you know, follow your veterinarian on social media. And if your veterinarian's panicking about something, then I'd argue that you probably should panic at that point because they're often the ones to first hear of major issues that are coming. Any FDA major announcement about pet care or a pet product, uh, they're going to be the ones that know. And they're going to be the trusted resource when it comes to a panic headline related to pet care. And if you come across something that maybe your veterinarian didn't share on social media, then before you panic yourself, contact your veterinarian and let them know that you've read this thing that's instilling fear in you and what they think. But ultimately, really and truly, if you do end up reading the article, in most cases, not all, in most cases, it's not at all what you were intended to believe. Yeah, and I think it can go two ways because it can be like, give your dog this blank X to cure cancer. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and all the people whose dogs or cats have cancer are just inspired and hopeful. Mm -hmm. Or it can be never, never do this blank, this vaccine, or, or mm -hmm. it'll kill your dog. And I think if you read the article, sometimes the article actually won't be any good. And then we go back to the stuff we were talking about, about talking <laughs> to your veterinarian. But sometimes if you read the article, you'll find out that that was just, just a clickbait, just to make you click. Yeah. And it's, I mean, you see that everywhere uh, nowadays. It's, you know, it's related to pet care. It's obvious when it comes to politics, it's the news organizations do it. And again, you know, the sole intent is, is to get that click. And the minute that we click on it, we're giving them what they want. And, and they're not invested in, in anything else after that point. They just want that click. Right. Right. And that's where your veterinarian comes in because your veterinarian doesn't care so much about the click as it does your <laughs> pet's longevity and overall health and, and your happiness as a client. So I think that that really kind of sums up what we're saying today, though. A relationship with your veterinarian is priceless because it gives you the opportunity to have an educated source that you can talk to about these. There's no danger in looking at the internet, but just make sure you don't take everything at face value. Don't you agree? Oh, I, I agree 100%. Your veterinarian is, should be the authority when it comes to caring for your pet at the end of the day. Well, I happen to agree with that. So thank you so much for joining us today, Eric. I strive to make sure that all of my content and, and you strive to help me make sure that all of my content is relevant and peer reviewed and scientific based on true science and medicine. And that's what you're going to need to look for when you're searching for information about how to take care of your pet. I also want to thank all of you out there for listening to us today and my amazing producer, Mark Winter, here on Nine Lives with Dr. Cat on Pet Life Radio. Go out and have a perfect day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.